Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. A podcast dedicated to a managerless heart of Midlothian as a result of the Jambos 2-0 defeat to St Mirren at Tynecastle on Saturday. Joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the Men in Maroons' latest defeat, amongst other things, is Daniel McIver. McIver, how are you, mate? All right. How, how's everybody doing after the weekend? Uh, outside of football, doing really well. Within hearts, just sad. Sad and remorseful and... I, I just don't, this is going to be an interesting episode we've been speaking for the longest we've ever spoken before recording yes. just to peel back the curtain neither of us know what this episode is going to be like it's probably going to be the longest of the season so strap in for that possibly but, the longest ever it's going to be all over the gaff so yeah, strap yourselves in yeah we don't know what's happening but generally I'm alright in life how are you? That's good. Well, do you know what? That that's a consolation at, yeah. at the very least. You know, the soap opera that is Heart of Midlothian Football Club. It doesn't always go well. So uh, as long as you're doing well, that, that's, yeah. that's 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 great. Um, yeah, I, I'm all right. I'm all right. My missus is away to to Switzerland. She's she's visiting her pal and wow. and her her family out there. So I'm cur- I've currently got the gaff to myself, and I can't lie. There is nothing better than that. Um, so that 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 is one thing. Um, and I'm not back to uni for another week, so yeah. I mean, well, life, hey. life life could be a lot worse, um, as is, as is seen by you know most of the goings on in in Gorgie. Uh, right, I don't. Let's let, let's just address the the elephant in the the large elephant in the room. Yep. I'm just going to read Hart's statement as was released. So we're recording Monday the 10th of April. This was Sunday the 9th of April at approximately 5 p.m. Yep. Heart of Midlothian Football Club can confirm that it has parted company with manager Robbie Nielsen. Robbie has been a key part of the club's ascent back to the upper echelons of Scottish football, delivering another championship title, a third place finish, two Scottish Cup finals and European group stage football in the process. This was an extremely difficult decision to reach and we would like to thank Robbie for all of his efforts. Excuse me, a full statement from the board of directors will be released in due course. No further comment will be made today, i.e., yesterday this came not out of nowhere given the honking run that hearts were on but I was somewhat surprised by the timing given we've got a massive massive Edinburgh derby next week uh, that we are no doubt both absolutely bricking our pants for Um, (laughs) McIver you obviously adore Robbie Mm -hmm. Just, just give me your thoughts as to what happened on on Sunday evening. Uh, so Easter Sunday evening. Easter Sunday is meant to be a day of rest and celebration. <laughs> what is this? And in fairness, it seemed that a lot of Hearts fans were celebrating. So that's true. I was in my house. I was doing my dishes. I finished doing <laughs> my dishes. I came what, through. What did you have for your Easter Sunday tea? I had a ham joint. Oh, nice. Really it was very drops. nice. It was, it it was, was very, very good. Nice. I, was, I was up the road and ransacked the, the parents' gaff and then... Very nice. So, yeah, it was good. Very nice. Very, very nice. So I finished all that and was like, right, I'll just go through. Sat down at my computer and because Twitter's shit now, you automatically go onto your For You tab. I hate that tab. Elon needs to get the finger out. Oh, he's he, just, he has ruined that app to he's an a extent. Prick. He's a prick in all aspects of life. Please don't Anyway... 
<laughs> bring it on you lord come on um, and you see the for you tab and suddenly it's just filled with other rumours true is Nielsen away what's this about Nielsen away what's all happening and that was about the back of four quarter past four or something like that then as you say at five o'clock confirmation happens and listen if anybody's listening to this podcast for any period of time Robbie Nielsen has basically been the only manager that has ever been at the club for us doing the podcast because we did our first four episodes when Stendhal was in charge but then we took a nine month break and came back and since we've been doing weekly shows Nielsen's been in charge so for us as a podcast we've only ever really known one manager and out of the two of us as you say I am definitely known as the more pro Nielsen guy and basically I can understand why the decision was made the run we've been on is unlike a run that Nielsen's ever experienced in the top flight. I yes, think it is statistically the worst of his yeah. entire tenure. Over, we, over had a, we had a situation last season where there was a dip, but then we changed stuff. Ellis Sims comes in and all that, and we kind of go, ah, it's fine. We just I that. think, ironically, it was St Mirren away, was it not? I think so, yeah, that, I think so. It changed it, the 2 0 win. It was February, I know. February we were rubbish last season, and it, was, it ended up being fine. It is not the case this year, and I totally understand it. And there's a there's very much a part of me that is glad that it's happened now before it can get to Levine levels of poison. Toxicity. Yeah. yeah. That I, 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 Craig Fowler did an article today where it's like sad to see it happen, but it's the right time, which pr- yeah. maybe is right. Maybe is right. We probably will. Ne- well, we'll never know because we won't ever know now if Nielsen would have got us third. Who knows? But. All it is for me is that Robin Nielsen's my favourite Hearts manager ever. I know he's not given us a trophy. Well, he gave us the two championship ones, but in terms of a major trophy. But I'm two. I was I was nine months old when Jeffries won the cup in '98. I was seven years old when we won it in 2006, and I don't remember a manager as a part of that. I just remember a few players. And in 2012, obviously, Sergio gives us that, but he wasn't here long enough to get that kind of connection you get. Whereas... And there was a fear about the club's future. Yeah, there's so much else going on. The season as a whole was not a success under Sergio. The moment, however, was still the best day of my life as a Hearts fan. But my two favourite seasons overall are the 14-15 championship season under Robbie's first tenure and last season under Robbie's second tenure. So, the two best seasons of me being a Hearts fan, Robbie's given me. He is statistically the best Hearts manager in my lifetime and will go down as one of our best managers ever. There's no... People may not like that, but it's just facts. Like, he absolutely will do when you look at what he's done for us. And he was brought in to get us back to the top flight and back competing in the league. And he did that and more... He did that perhaps quicker than some expected to as well. And I'll always be thankful for him. I'm so glad that this season he ended like his hoodoo at Easter Road and all that. He broke the McDermott Park situation. No, that he even stuff. beat Kelly at Tynecastle. He even beat Kelly at Tynecastle. He couldn't have beat them away from home, but he beat Kelly at <laughs> Tynecastle. Um, so many things. So I'm so thankful and so grateful for everything he's done for the club. But... Was it the right time? Maybe. I'd, we won't know. Wow. We, because 
it all depends what happens now for the next seven yeah. games but I'm getting ahead of myself what did you think when you saw oh, the news it, it, you know it'd be easy it's such a lazy narrative to then say well it's the right appointment if we get better in ultimately as you say there's that much uncertainty with regards to who does succeed Robbie that like I've not got a crystal ball I, I, I can't <laughs> I can't see into the future I don't know if we get third fourth if if we stay in the top six if yeah. we finish fifth I don't know but what I do feel is that again her last episode was titled Barking Performances mm. This has been coming to an extent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if Nielsen is solely to blame, you know. I I really don't. I don't think he is at all. I think given... Look, I've made my feelings clear on Robbie. I wasn't wasn't his biggest fan. I I can... But again, I've been fairly consistent. And I've I've always appreciated his first tenure. I thought his Mm -hmm. first tenure was great. I really did. It It was one of the special periods... In my life, outside of Hearts and being a Hearts fan, great times, really great times. The second tenure, he's met expectations. He's arguably exceeded expectations last year. I feel as though, and I might get slewed for this, that he is a victim of his own quote-unquote success or Mm -hmm. that he's probably finished third too soon. And he's probably raised Hearts' expectations to such a level whereby, you know, he led us to European group stage football for the first time in 18 years. That jackpot of dough that we haven't seen for a good wee while, besides, obviously, fan contributions, be it your everyday punter and, you know, James Anderson and whatever. (laughs) But my, my point is, he has done a lot of good for the club. I can't, I can't deny that. I cannot deny that. But the scary thing now is we have to we have to get this right. Yep. We have to get this right. And I'm not talking about for the rest of this season, I'm talking then into next. Yeah. Because it like the board are obviously gambling here. We we want to finish third again. We want European group stage football again. We've had that taster. We want to go ahead with it if we don't get to that promised land then what happens Mm -hmm. like hearts hearts are a soap opera and it feels like it feels like we've lost a member of the family it's whether it's whether they return again having previously been killed off in like EastEnders Dirty Den was back about five six times (laughs) is Robbie a Dirty Den and we'll come back (laughs) I don't know (laughs) We'll be relegated inside four years and he'll be back again. Get us back up. We'll drop to League One and a back to back, Robbie. Exactly. I, I don't know. I just look for some. Some have got their wish. The the proofs in the pudding from here on in. It's it's going to be not like I said. Strap yourselves in for this episode. Strap yourselves in beyond this episode. <laughs> don't don't let the seatbelt go after this is done. Because yeah. this could be very, very interesting as to as to what happens next. I think, ironically, he's not here, despite seeming to be on every other episode. Richard Cobb summed it up quite well. Oh my God, we're not mentioning him. <laughs> I know, but we have to, because he was quite spot on. But he was like, 
he feels really sad, but he does feel it's the right move. And I can understand that mindset because we will get into it. We're not just not going to speak about the game because I especially have a lot of thoughts on the game in regards to individuals. I've never seen a collapse like that at the weekend under a Nielsen side in the top flight. I know that those pers- like those that know me personally might think that I'm one of those that's basking in Robbie's sacking. Uh, that's not the case. Because now the pressure's on for Hearts to get this right and to justify their decision for sacking, as you say, one of our most successful managers. I think, I think what Saturday proved was that it is the... At least if you go by the stadium... I know that there's more Hearts fans than can fit in Tynecastle, obviously. Yeah, and it's, it's no longer a minority, isn't it? I was going to say, it was very much the majority opinion in that ground that they wanted them out. Or maybe, I'm just saying, it's it's the vocal median. It was that more people wanted it than less. Maybe it's not the majority, yeah. I don't know. What What is a positive to come out of this? Now, it might end up being a negative... But a positive is is that the board has listened to what feels like the majority of fans quickly. I have to say I'm very surprised that Hearts have pulled the trigger. That's the, that's the main feeling that came yesterday, where it was just of shock. And, and I've, been, I've been very critical in the past of Hearts being sentimental on one too many occasions. This, this is the board acting like a big club, so let's get a manager befitting of a big club that the board obviously believe that we are. Yeah, definitely and a nice segue here into the statement from the board I felt like it's a very good statement as well Are we, are we going into the statement today go on in, for, the, for the rest of the season? Go on to it mean? now, yeah. Yeah, yeah So, before we obviously came on air and started recording uh, Andrew McKinley did release this statement as, as CEO um, on behalf of Heart Midlothian Football Club's Board of Directors, I'd like to provide clarity on the events of the, of the past couple of days and offer an update on the short-term future of the managerial position. Everyone connected with the club was bitterly disappointed with the outcome of Saturday's cinch premiership match with St Mirren. We had all hoped that things would turn around sooner rather than later, but results and performances over the past seven weeks have been unacceptable and there is no sugarcoating that. At full time on Saturday we found ourselves at a crossroads and the board took the extremely difficult decision after much discussion to make a managerial change in order to get back on track and refocus our efforts on clinching third place in the league. I do not need to remind anyone just how pivotal a figure Robbie Nielsen has been in this club's journey back to the top of Scottish football. His commitment to Hearts has been unwavering and he deserves every plaudit for guiding us back into the top flight two Scottish Cup finals to third place last season and into group stage European football. Robbie, along with Lee McCulloch, will forever have our gratitude for those achievements, which is why this was such a tough decision to make. However, we simply could not ignore the results and performances. The board is here to make difficult decisions and act in the best interests of the club, which is what we feel we have done by making this change at this time. I am delighted to say that Stephen Naismith has agreed to take over as interim manager until the end of the season. Stephen has played the game at the highest level possible and has taken great strides forward in his coaching career with the club's B team and at international level with Scotland. He will be assisted by Gordon Forrest, who I am pleased to say has agreed to remain with the club, and Frankie McAvoy, who has a wealth of top-level experience and has built up a great working relationship with Stephen through the B team. We have great faith in Stephen, Gordon and Frankie and will give them the best support possible as we aim to finish the season as strongly as possible. We enter a crucial period of the season with two games remaining until the split followed by a further five matches. With what is at stake, it is no exaggeration to say that we are facing seven cup finals. 
We had a taste of group stage European football this season and have, in many ways, reaped the benefits. Our aim has always been to repeat this feat and that target has not changed despite what has transpired recently. Our supporters have backed the team in magnificent fashion in huge numbers, home and away, all season. I ask them to continue to do this to get behind Stephen, Gordon, Frankie and the team for the remaining seven games and help us to achieve our goal. By standing together, we will give ourselves the best chance of winning football matches, building momentum and reclaiming third spot and the prizes associated with it. Good, strong statement, that. It's a very good statement. It, um, <clears throat> it simultaneously explains why the decision was made. It it backs itself, if you know what I mean. It's saying that it's we believe this is it. it? Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. And, most crucially, it informs us of what the plan is for the remainder of this season. Now, in a, as I say, in a bubble, because it could end up by the end of the season, we don't get top six, and we go, what a disastrous idea this was with knackered this. But, as of today, the 10th of April, I think every Hearts fan is in agreement that that's a good statement. Fair play. Even if you disagree with Nielsen being sacked, I think it will be like, well, that's at least we've got justification. It's very, it's a lot of clarity. It's like their, their decision's final. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that's... <laughs> it's like okay That's we'll it. go with okay. you on this yeah. right fine do I think it will work and by that do I think we will get third no do I think we would have got third if we had kept Nielsen also no I don't think we're getting third I said this last week a large part of that is because I think one of the biggest issues is the players which we will then come into in the game and it's perhaps players that are available and players that aren't available. If Ross Stewart has to be in goals for any sustained period of time, we could, as I said last week, we could have Pep Guardiola or Mikel Arteta. We're not getting third. That's not. I, I Interesting, you're shoving Arteta in that same bracket. Well, Arteta's currently <laughs> looking to win the league. I'm not, not going to argue. <laughs> but my point is, I don't think Stephen Naismith will get us to third. Am I fully behind him and do I want him to prove me wrong? 100%. Mo- more than anything on the planet. I just, before we start recording, sent a tweet going, it's so unfair on Naismith that this has fallen to him. It's not his fault. It's not his responsibility. Well, it is now his responsibility. What I mean is, it's not down to him if this works or not. He I, shouldn't, I don't think he should have a lot of blame. I'm astonished that you as a Hearts and Newcastle fan have not made the direct comparison between when Alan Shearer came in as interim manager and was emptying essentially the Titanic with a bucket. It was coming. <laughs> <laughs> because what I was about to say in a minute was my first Newcastle game was under Shearer's tenure. Oh, here we go. Got beat 1-0 at St James's Park by Fulham. <laughs> and it was when... She returned to the Gallagher and apologised at the end. And the whole Bloody stadium hell. was like, it's not your fault, Alan, for God's sake. So I would not, if we, regardless of where we finish, it's not Stephen Naismith's fault. No. But if we get third, he's like a hero. Yeah, he'll, That's be, it. he'll be reaping the hero. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. This was inspired. It's a masterstroke. Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's basically, it's a lot of pressure on Naismith, but he almost is in a no-lose situation. Because if we don't do it, 
people will go, it's the board's fault for not emptying Nielsen oh, sooner. Should have got somebody else I have else absolutely in. no doubt that he'll shoulder blame off some people. That's probably that's an, that's yeah, an absolute probably. sir. I can true, guarantee you that. True, probably. But I hope Neesmith proves me wrong completely. I hope yeah, he goes totally. in. Smart. Listen. I, I don't love Stephen Naismith. Yeah, he's like, one of my favourite hearts players ever. One hundred percent, he's beloved as a player for us. In a way that I think one individual wants to be beloved, that we'll get to, but will never be at that level. <laughs> and now he has a chance to just become like your first stint into proper management. You could get hearts third. I, I was going to say, I was going to try and get the wee perfect swagway, swagway, <laughs> and say that. Previously, I thought that our Tyne Castle fixtures would perhaps carry us to third, as was the case on Saturday, but we'll go around the grounds first. Yeah. Um, of course, there were four other fixtures taking place on Saturday, uh, the first of which took place at Parkhead. No away fans present as Celtic won the third of four old firms in the Scottish Premiership this season by a 3-2 scoreline. Annoyingly, Aberdeen just continued to motor on. Uh, Kilmarnock, you're the real villains in all of this. <laughs> Bloody beating us in Ayrshire and continuing your piss poor away form. Conceding inside 20 seconds. As the Dons won 2 0, just as I predicted they would. Can I just say it? It was just, again, let's their last two results have called spot on 1 0 and 2 0. Well, then why don't just... you start predicting dr- losses? You're clearly in control no, no, here. No, because no, no, I thought that Hearts would get at least a point on Saturday, and look how that turned out. Um, Motherwell, a result. I've been mean, a fancied Motherwell to beat Livingston, but certainly not by a 3 0 scoreline uh, as they did at Fur Park. The, the fact, I'm sorry, the fact that Motherwell, who were getting relegated all of about three, four weeks ago, are nine points behind us is nothing short of an embarrassment. <laughs> Fucking hell. Now, speaking of sides that are getting relegated, <laughs> St Johnston look as though they could be in a bit of bother. Yeah. Ross County have boosted their survival hopes courtesy of a 2-0 victory in Perth. St Johnston are rubbish at McDermott Park. It's no wonder that we beat them, given I think they've won literally about two or three games at home all season. And speaking of sides that boosted their chances for the drop, there was one match that took place on Sunday. Dundee United getting the better of Hibernian by two goals to one at Tannadice, courtesy of an opener from Stephen Fletcher, who'd have thunk it, and a Jamie McGrath penalty late on. McIver, what did you make about the other five fixtures within the best league in the world? I want to leave the Hibs game until the end of the episode. (laughs) Fair enough. Because I have a few points I want to make on it that will play into our preview. Okay, that's fine. We can just eliminate Sunday's fixture. Yeah, exactly. St. Johnson are just a mental side. I don't know what's happening. I think Callum Davidson will be sat going, how have I outlasted Robbie Nielsen? <laughs> I think Lee Johnson will be thinking that and all, to be honest. I, t- I tell you what, Callum Davidson should have jumped when, when, when the opportunity was there, if it did present itself. Yeah. That just um, looks like... You know, like the whole... Batman theme and it's like you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain yeah. Callum Davidson is 100% a villain <laughs> he's done that now uh, Ross County starting to pick up form just before they play us hopefully yeah, it continues typical. hopefully it continues to Friday night and they get a massive result against true Aberdeen Very true. so I'm on board with that uh, yeah Motherwell just 
or turning it right. Kettlewell <laughs> is just Kettle a god. Apparently, yeah, ball. kettlewell ball is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I saw Martindale like took the heat onto him. He was like, "It's my fault." What has happened to Livy? I don't know. Um, I know it was the same last season. They yeah. sort of capitulated towards the end. As soon as like they were on the cusp of top six, and then they lost it in the dying embers of their last game. Yeah, it seems it's, like again, it's just happened this year. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, and then was there any other game apart from the old firm? Uh, Aberdeen. Oh yeah, Aberdeen. Shut up! I don't want to speak about them. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> I just don't want to pretend they don't exist. Um, Honestly, and then, that, that mobber beat off Darvel. How can the same team just be on such a good run now? I will say, it, it isn't the same team. <laughs> like it is, but it's not. It's, they've had a, they've brought again, in it's, it's like really good real, players and it's, manager. It's like what we all come on to. Yeah, with exactly. Players that I hate the phrase "down tools," but yeah, it is a different situation. To the I mean, Liam Scales looks like Beckenbauer now. Yeah, exactly. Like all this kind of part of it's really fucking annoying. Uh, and then, ha 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 ha, John <coughs> Suter basically is where I am in regards to. Old Farm. I didn't watch. I never watch old farms because I don't no, care. I, I didn't know, but I've listened to it on the radio. But I've seen, I've seen the goals. It's a great free kick for Tavernier. What did you make of the uh, disallowed goal? I can understand why it was disallowed. I can simultaneously understand why you'd be fucking raging oh, if it happened I think to you. It's, I think it's par. But it's still funny. Because that's what you want. From a neutral's perspective in the old time, you just want funny shit to happen because oh. you don't care who wins. At least one of them sets of fans wound up. If not both. Yeah. If both's possible, then great. Yeah, but that's at least the best. One, that's, that's the consolation that you take from it. I understand that John Suter is fault for that third goal, right? He's at fault. What's it doing with the back pass? But if Alan McGregor wasn't a pensioner, he gets that ball. If they have a keeper who's even 10 years younger than them, he gets that ball. Oh, can I just say, sorry, talking about Rangers, like, again, as soon as Robbie was away, I don't know whether you saw that, the fourth official's tweet saying that yes, Rangers have made early contact with Lauren Shankland. Then you see their fans speculating. I mean, I saw a rumour today. I thought, what was it? It was like three million plus Scott Wright and John Suter. I mean, as if that's. Can you imagine? Imagine a crocked John Suter returning to Tide Castle. And amongst that change, we're going, oh, hi again, guys. All right, lads. <laughs> My favourite part of that fourth official thing was exclusive. Lauren Shankland has been <laughs> attempted to get by Rangers. And then less than a day later, no, he isn't. He? I've amended it. <laughs> It's like some exclusive, mate. Well then, I spoke to him. Oh wait, no, I actually didn't. <laughs> no, actually, it's fine. Um, so yeah, like great time. I just <laughs> let's get into our game. I have so many things to say. Yes, Lauren Shankland and ten of his teammates yeah. lined up at Tyne Castle as Hearts took on St Mirren. There were four changes from the side that lost at Rugby Park to Kilmarnock last Saturday and one of the most abysmal Hearts performances I've ever seen Ross Stewart was handed the gloves following the injury to Xander Clark as Harry Stone came in to deputise on the bench Cammy Devlin returned to the starting lineup after he suffered his head injury stroke concussion on international duty he replaced Arrestis Kiermaksoglu uh, and Andy Halliday and James Hill both came into the starting eleven with Toby Civic named amongst the substitutes surprisingly and Josh Ginelli omitted from the matchday squad entirely. MacIver, the team was set out 
a couple different ways. Um, I'm going to go with the fact that I thought it was a 4-2-3-1 stroke 4-3-3. Stewart and goal, obviously. Smith, Hill, Rose and Kingsley back four. Halliday, Devlin and Snodgrass in the middle with Grant on the left, Forrest on the right and Shankland in attack. What did you make of that starting 11? And did had you guessed the formation and where everybody was playing? Right. I will say this. Everybody knows, as I said at the start, everyone knows me as the pro-Nielsen guy on this show and just kind of generally in the fan base. And at times where most people have turned against Nielsen, I've kind of always been on his side. For this game, I don't think I'll ever speak as negatively about Nielsen as I ever have because I've never been more angry at Nielsen in a game. And I feel like what that 90 minutes did was show every problem we currently have, both managerially and personnel. I was very surprised that if the situation is the way that it was, you're under the pressure and scrutiny that you are, to name that starting eleven and bench, if mm. we're, if we're honest, I, th- I thought that was a gamble. To, I to, was to say the very least. I was standing at the bus stop, ready to get on a bus when I saw the team, and genuinely thought, "Am I getting on this? I might just go home." I mean, on the bench, obviously Harry Stone, like I alluded to, Toby Civic, uh, Alex Cochran, your man Peter Haring, obviously back. Yep. Uh, Keo, Cool, Oda, Mackay, and Humphreys. I was, I was fucking furious at that lineup, like genuinely furious. There's two, and it's for two reasons. Oh. One of them is less because we still don't know. Civic must be hurt. Yeah, he he must have picked up a niggle. Why why not come out and say that? I don't Why know. would the club I, not even slightly allude to that? Are they no afraid idea. of the backlash whereby most folks' argument would be, well, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, then he's fit enough to start. And yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Oh, if he is hurt, probably the logic was, we, the derby's bigger, we need him fit for the derby. Because that's the logic that we've had with Clark. That's why Clark didn't start, because it's we hope he's fit for the derby. 12 Fingers minutes crossed. into the game... Sibic is doing shuttle runs warming up. <laughs> that I'm says glad, to me... I'm glad you kept, the, you kept yeah, the timer on. That to on. me says he's not hurt. Because if he's hurt, why is he one of the first to warm up? Why is it... When we're in no danger, it's not like we had conceded six shots and we're like, oh God, we might need to make a change at the back here. Look, and again, like there was obviously murmurs after Kelly as there were a couple other clashes... Toby Civic can't be in and amongst these rumours whereby there's been a rift in the dressing room and he I can't imagine Toby Civic having much of a problem with Nielsen now I would have understood it at the start of the season but yeah. he sort of cemented his place in the team under Robbie and bailed Robbie out That's what I was, so it's kind of going to be a point I get to at the end of the discussion of this but certain players will have, should have no fears for their futures at this club, certain players shouldn't Civic is one of them Civic should be like if a new manager comes are in. You, are we doing a clear out now? Do you, do you want to run through the squad now? <laughs> no, I want to do it at the end because I want to speak about individuals first okay, because okay. of what happened in that game. There's another. There's another twenty minutes added on, folks. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, you're here for three hours, right? <laughs> Accept it. But Civic, it's like right, fine. He might be hurt. There is 
absolutely no excuse to drop Alex Cochran. There's no. none. There is no excuse, particularly well, it's not even when you. It's not even a case of dropping him because he's not been starting. Like, yeah, he's sure, not playing. Now he's got to come in. Yeah, especially when his replacement is Stephen Kingsley, because. In particular, yeah, as I say, yeah, Saturday was the game to me that summed every, all the problems up. Kingsley was one of the main ones. Kingsley was fucking diabolical on Saturday. He was terrible. So bad. And the whole time I'm thinking, Alex Cochrane's been our second best player of the season, just behind Shankland. Yes, he's had off games. His Aberdeen performance was easily the worst half an hour, whatever he played, in a Hearts jersey. But why does he only get one time to fuck up? Why is it only that Alex Cochran gets half an hour despite being great all season? Stephen Kingsley can have five months of is, being shit in play. Is it? And I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate. Here. Yeah. I'm not I'm not looking to you know wind you up or whatever with with a response. Is it because of the age that he's at? Is it because Stephen Kingsley's amassed more experience that we'd expect him to get? You know, for Alex Cochran, I can imagine as a younger player that hits home more when you've not been at your best I don't, I'm, just, I'm just speculating yeah. I, I don't know Alex, Alex Cochran personally I'm, I'm assuming he's a great guy it looks like he's full of confidence at, at mm-hmm. times but I, I, I don't know it's like you say he's only been given one life really Yeah. and then he's on the chopping board as soon as he hasn't been performing he, he was one that again rumours of a rift but I'm and really it all speculating. Co- and it all comes from that moment where he visibly tells Robert he fuck off at Aberdeen, and then he gets he gets chucked off. And since then, he's yeah, he's been it. in and out of the team. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> if that is the if the reason isn't what you're saying, and Nielsen's going right. Well, listen, Cochrane's his head's a wee bit gone. Maybe he's not playing the best. I'll put Kingsley in, who's much more experienced. I would still disagree. Because there comes a point where it's like, I don't care how experienced Kingsley is. Yeah. He's been terrible yeah. this season. But, totally. fine. Fine. That's a manager's discretion. That's what they're paid for. They make those decisions. If it's because you've had a wee argument with Cochrane <laughs> and you're now making a martyr out of him, then it's like, of course you're going to get sacked. Of course you're going to get sacked when you don't play our second best player. Yeah, when it's been such a key performer. Yeah, yeah. And I was just—I looked at that team. and I was like, Snodgrass is still playing. What's going on? <laughs> Again, what's like, going on? He he dropped Barry Vatai in recent weeks, but now and now it's like he'd always had that one player whereby he was adamant would get us out of a situation or would conjure something. Yeah. The only the only justification for me for keeping Robert Snodgrass in the team is set piece delivery, particularly when he alluded to both pre and post match I believe how strong St Mirren were at set plays yeah. it's like as though Snodgrass's delivery might be of benefit However, to us in, in an offensive sense Grant was taking more set pieces again yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's like so what, what, so what is so, happening so what's Snodgrass there for then yeah like I, just, I was at, I was sat on the bus going towards the game just going we're getting beat here we're getting beat <laughs> Like this is not going to go well. Did, did you lump St Mirren to uh, to ease? The I should have. I should have. <laughs> I should have done that. I tell you, yeah. as well. I think there was something like eleven to five. Great oh, price. God, I should have done. But just 
looking at it, it was Cochrane. And after the game, three hours later, I think I was tweeting about it going, because again, Cochrane came on and did well because he's better than Stephen Kingsley. I mean, if we get into the quote-unquote highlights, yeah. it all starts from a Robert Snodgrass tackle seven minutes in. He's booked after receiving what is a hospital pass from Alan Forrest, in my yeah. opinion. That being said, heavy first touch, leaves one on Mark O'Hara. We know what happens later on in the game, but a justified booking in it, really. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a bad pass, but it is like, again... He's early heralded. stages of the game get it fucking under you yeah. set the standard you carry us you alleviate that pressure you take that on your shoulders you've played in the Premier League the onus is on you as one of the senior players to bail the gaffer out to bail your teammates out to give the fans something to shout about and that didn't happen and it's not like it's un. it's not like we've decided that it's not like no. we as fans have went right Robert you're doing this He's made his entire gimmick about being the guy that sets the standards, that is the guy in the middle of the park shouting at everybody and all that. So it's like, right, fine. I then expect more of you than I will expect of other players because you're telling me you're better than other players. So in seven minutes, when you just half a guy, it's like, right, he was meant to be playing in the 10, allegedly. He was meant to be in the number 10, right? I don't think, I think once I saw him further than Shankland in an offside position. It's like, great, what's the point in that? Most of the time he was as deep as he always is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like, And again, we're the home team. The, the onus is on yeah. us. We're expected to bounce back and end this rotten run. And that, that trio in midfield is up there with, I don't want to say one of the most negative, but certainly like you're asking a heck of a lot for the likes of Halliday from deep. Devlin isn't known for his offensive prowess I don't know again like we're at the stage now where he this these sort of situations must play over in his mind He'll yeah you think you think so why did I fall out with Josh Janelli and start him on the flank say and have Grant as the one to connect midfield and attack I will say and kind of I'm like because of where I set him in a slightly unique position I think Gino is hurt at the Do start you? of the second half he came out the tunnel and went up the stairs and he couldn't take the steps with two feet he was hopping up them holding that's the barrier a, and he turns for the derby if that's the case that's the worry it's that he's apparently got a bone bruise that he's been dealing with for the past couple of months but at Killy he got stamped on and it really aggravated it and again folk then are quick to see the fact that he's omitted from the matchday squad and then they go, well, what's the script? Is he, yeah. is he staying? Yeah, of course. Is, he, is yeah. he not signing a new deal? Is he leaving his future yeah. up to his agent or chance or whatever? But literally, my brother tapped me and was like, look, it's Gino. He can barely walk up the steps. Now, we might. Now, listen, conspiracy theorists might go, he's the greatest actor of all time. He has to act like he's hurt. I don't think Gino's that good an actor. I think he's just not fit, sadly. I don't know. I, I think he's. I think he's got moments in him. I think. I think. I think Gino fancies himself as an actor. Hundred percent. I get that impression. Um, look, again, you know me and wanting heart. <coughs> excuse me, wanting hearts to get off to a fast start. It was anything but on Saturday. I mean, 
after eight minutes, St Mirren head over from a corner. Joe Shaughnessy appears to lose. Kai Rolls in a centre-half on centre-half battle. Hearts would then try and respond with a chance of their own. Michael Smith looks to link up with Lauren Shankland. The latter's effort is deflected wide. He cuts inside and looks to bend one with his left foot. However, again, and the gaffer alluded to it post-match, St Mirren were looking to cause problems at set-pieces. One that's taken by Thierry Small sees Alex Gogic head down and into the turf, but fortunately bounces up and over Stuart's crossbar. He then heads one wide another three minutes later. Um, but our best move of the half, I mean, we, we alluded to it earlier on, sees us build from the back with Kai Rolls, James Hill, Michael Smith and Alan Forrest claim touches. Robert Snodgrass skips past Gogic, meant to be playing at number 10, but he's that deep. <laughs> Um, finds Andy Halliday Cammy Devlin then finds Stephen Kingsley up from left back a decent ball in from Kingsley I know you slighted his performance but this was perhaps the best aspect yeah. of his performance finds Andy Halliday stretching Andy Halliday once again I should say but he sends a header crashing off the crossbar this to me seemed as though it was going to change things it felt like the fans were beginning to find their voice because it was tense I think there was an underlying sense of if things don't go well it'll turn sour as it so often does and this chance was maybe like kind of the last ounce of hope is that fair to say? I get what you mean um, it was a really it was a good chance and a good move but it was kind of the I can't think of any other chance that we had in that first half that was like as concrete as that and it's like that says a lot that we're in a position where that's the case and it also felt like during the half we changed system a wee bit we fully changed system when we went to 10 men which we'll get to but that's because you're down to 10 men on that part but I was looking down there because I got my phone I was speaking to my mate and we were speaking about like what is Nielsen's this was before he was sacked but after the game so it's what is Nielsen's plan because people say that Nielsen doesn't have a plan, it relies on individual brilliance. And I was like, my opinion is, when it's in a 3-5-2, it's a system that relies on wing-backs overlapping and a number six in a pivot to then build forward. It relies on the back three to move the other 17 players on the pitch like top-level teams do with their passing around the back. So if you pass it to the left-hand side of the centre-half, the whole pitch moves that way. Right-hand side. And you keep doing that until one of your ball-playing centre-halves sees an opening and plays a pass. Sibic did it twice against Kilmarnock. Sibic also did it in the Aberdeen 5-0 game where he played that ball to Smith. And it creates a gap. There was the me pro- to say that we aren't a top team and we don't create yeah. space, but, <laughs> but I stand corrected. The pro- there's three problems with it, though, that have all come home to roost at the one time in the last issues number one the pivot is Snodgrass and if they put a man on Snodgrass we're that's, done for we're done for that's immediately it because he doesn't have the legs to do it number two and this is the main one if they don't move with us when we're doing the passes along the back and they just sit in a low block and go right you can have that ball in your own half all you want we are not moving, it means there is no space created. So therefore, all our players just kind of stand going, 
we're meant to wait on other players moving, but no one can. We need a gap somewhere. Yeah. It's probably a stray pass. Yes, exactly. And then finally, and this is just a subset of that, there's no space for for wing-backs to overlap into because that space doesn't exist in behind. And our current full-backs ain't the most athletic at present anyway. Or don't get picked, Alex Cochran. Um, So the thing is, if one of those things happens, it's quite bad. It's like, oh, okay, if they put a guy in Snodgrass, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, okay, they've done a, they've just put in a low block. If a team plays against that system and goes low block, play on the counter, they will get a result. They might not win, but they'll get points. And that's been proven the last three months. Every that is team's quite done sad, it. isn't it? That it's that easy to work out. How did both their goals come from, which we're about to get to? They came from a counter and a set piece. But in saying this, like we did pass up the Halliday chances are great yep. chances. There's an even mm-hmm. better one at the start of the second half. Kingsley and Halliday exchange a one two after the left back takes the throw in. A tidy flick from George Grant sees Kingsley motor into the box, pulls one across, it misses Shankland, it misses Forrest. It comes up to Michael Smith. His effort is a high one, and Carson palms into the box, and then Hearts just can't connect to the follow-up as Saints eventually hoist it clear. That would have been some way for Michael Smith to mark his 200th appearance for Heart Midlothian Football Club, firing us ahead, and maybe that could have been the thing that the the goal that could have changed. Robbie's tenure we don't yeah. know we don't yeah. know but that's that's the bottom like, it's fine lines at this stage yeah absolutely um, it is I feel so bad for Michael Smith that he's given us his prime we don't deserve him at all no we don't look at what we're we've really we've given him one good season basically <laughs> one good season and even then he was hurt for a lot of it so couldn't play a lot of it and, and it's towards the end of his career where he wasn't it's not like we had 2018 Michael Smith last season. It's we could have won the league if we had 2018 Michael Smith last season. It's when he comes out and says like that he appreciates playing for the like a club of such stature and he loves the city and all that. It just bring a tear to a glass eye. That I felt so bad for him. I also felt a bit bad because did you want goal scorer? Yeah. <laughs> 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 what price so, did you get? Thirty eighty one or something. Jesus, how much you have on it? Like two quid. Oh, God. So I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, Mick, just oh. hit it low. I was about to say, what a laces job for you then. Yeah, just yeah. hit it low into the corner. Head over um, it, bang. Yes, exactly. But. Like his goal against Germany. Exactly. You, you're talking about his prime. Yeah. This is a bloke that scored against, what were they, the then reigning world yeah. champions? Manuel Neuer's in goals. Loving life. Prowess, what a guy. We should have made changes at halftime. Who would the changes? Humphreys, Sebek, and Cochrane for Snodgrass, Halliday, Kingsley. So it was that bad first half. He'd have been tempted into a treble change. Not that bad. I still think the first half was like fine. It was like this isn't great. Would you go to back three then? Sorry, with Sebek coming on. No, Sebek into the middle of the park. Yeah. Cochrane left back, and then Humphreys up top with. Shankland or in the 10 if he did want to change it play Humphreys in the 10 and win flick-ons because he gets a uh, yeah, exactly. yeah if we're going long especially because Shankland they again had massive centre-halves 
Yeah. I mean, Joe Shaughnessy, Charles Dunn, Marcus Fraser. They're all units. Some big boys. Yeah. Big boys. Um, And then we collapsed. Yeah, talking about St Mirren, I mean, they they had a couple chances. Keanu Bacchus would blast high and wide. Scott Tanzer would swing across in for Alex Gogic to head wide yet again. I mean, after a good two set pieces. Plenty of warnings, however... It wasn't to be long before the visitors would go in front. Alex Gogic sends a long, pretty aimless ball, if we're being honest, forward. Um, in search of Curtis Main, the ball's bouncing about off Kai Rolls, who's far too soft up against Main for me. And despite not being the most prolific goal scorer, sends a fantastic finish flying past Ross Stewart. Arrows one into the bottom right-hand corner with his left foot. And St Mirren go in front in Gorgie. Heart and Lothian nil. St Mirren one. I'm not going to be as critical on rolls as some might think because I think I feel a bit bad for him that he just gets stuck under it and it hits off him but gets sandwiched between him and main again like things when it's when they're going for you yeah and when it's not nine times out of ten that hits off him and pings somewhere yeah. and just that but I'll say this Stephen Fletcher Kyle Vassell Curtis Main all big strikers that Rolls has been incapable of dealing with. They've rolled them. Yes, exactly. And it's now like, right, this is a trend that needs fixed in pre-season. He needs to... Do, I don't know if it's just like as simple as get in the gym and get bigger. <laughs> Hit the weights, big man. But, and again, it's so like, we'll have so many what-ifs this season, but it's like, imagine if we had Halkett. Dare I say it, Mr. McIver... But a common theme in recent years is Hearts players that sign deals and then are a fraction of their former selves having signed a deal. Yeah. Is Kai Rolls the latest to feel this curse, having given us five years yeah. remarkably? Because at the at the World Cup, he was one of the best centre-halves I saw in that entire tournament. Yeah. He um, and Harry Souter were phenomenal. Yeah, they were amazing. And then Harry Souter's way less than been shit and all. <laughs> they are jobbies, can I just they say? Are and terrible. again, talking about uh, managerial targets, which we'll no doubt get onto, one of those put forward looks like he's taking the, yeah, the reins at the, at the King Power for the, the rest of the season. I'll give Rose a bit of benefit of the doubt where it's like, he's literally not had a break. And I know it's like, he's 24 now, he should be doing it. But before coming to us, he'd never played for his country before. Literally, we'd announced, right? his sign- we'd announced his signing and then he made his debut. He still was at Central, Central Coast Mariners, Mariners. but it, that was when he got his call-up in the qualification yes, for yeah. the World Cup. So, he came to us, he'd played in the qualifiers, then came to us, so didn't get a break when the Australian season ended, just came into us straight away. Then he got hurt, so didn't he have a break, you're injured. Then comes straight back in, then goes to the World Cup and yeah. plays like that. And then comes back. That we don't really consider in it. Yeah, I'm not saying that Kai Rose is absolved of all responsibility. He's had a massive downturn in form, and it needs fixing. But he's one that I'm like, I can understand why a lot more than others. And again, like the international break, some players' time offs justified, mm-hmm. others not so. Is that another fault whereby? if Robbie had the situation again would he say look you're not going away here there and everywhere you are 
yeah, I don't coming know. in for like do you know what I mean like this must play over in your mind thinking what could I have done differently what, yeah. if I had my time again I'd do this as opposed to this or I don't know there's so many things but we don't, we, we'll never know I'll say this I agree it's a good hit but it goes under Ross Stewart's hand yeah. I watched it at it's the good time finish. it is a good yeah. finish at the time I didn't think you could blame Stewart at all as it happened I was like that's a good finish I've seen it back and I'm like it's a good finish but I think Xander Clark saves it and needless to say CG also saves it never mind. yeah um, look Hearts would go in search of an equaliser an immediate equaliser as Lon Shankland would bend one high and wide but will cut all the bullshit and just get to their second which is just as bad as the first a long throw from Ryan Strain isn't dealt with accordingly Mark O'Hara we alluded to it last episode is in great form comes from deep and sends a shot which admittedly deflects off Alex Rogic and past Ross Stewart in a flash with over half an hour to go we've then got a mountain to climb a submit and go to the good Ross Stewart's blameless for this one for me because it does take a bastard of deflection and again like when it's going well these are the type of things yeah. that when luck is not on your side you feel the full ex- like the yeah. full extent of it so Ross Stewart I don't have an issue with here it's kind of like and you can tell he's frustrated by the way he falls back he, he knows that it's, he, yeah. he can't really do anything for me the issue is the defending because again woeful we cannot deal with a ball into the box McIver he alluded to this he literally said he said about set pieces like again this is where I then start to question how much of it really is a manager's fault in some instances if Robbie is hammering home to Mm -hmm. numerous players that they are a threat at set plays and we concede from a set play as far as I'm concerned he can do no more he can't go on and head it clear for them Mm -hmm. at the same time it's where you simultaneously can go I can understand why we've got you sacked because maybe try and do a different tactic because it's always zonal it's always zonal I'm not a fan of zonal I'm really not call me old fashioned or whatever but man to man at least then you can pin blame on somebody yeah with zonal you're you're left in the lurch because it's like should I have gone should I have stayed whereas if you're up against somebody and he gets the better of you that's it your, just, your marker that's scored yeah. that's, it's, the, the onus is on you so that's where it's like well yeah that is simultaneously that's both a player responsibility but that's also Nielsen's fault because why are you still telling them to mark zonally because yeah. it's so easy to avoid that yeah yeah. again like if it's not been working throughout the entire duration of the season change it why haven't you altered that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> do you feel any better is this like any, any <laughs> form of therapy this is how I feel most weeks I come well, in here angry I get loads off my chest I feel you know like a burden's been lifted and then I'm excited for the weekend again to then have your hopes and dreams ripped away from you as they but that's the thing I'm not excited because of what's coming up this weekend no it's not nice Um, I mean your man Alex Cochran nearly pulls one back with his first two touches after coming on sends an effort just over the bar and a few minutes later a near impossible task becomes completely impossible Robert Snodgrass sent for an early bath following a challenge on Curtis Mayne on the byline near enough in front of the dugouts 
I think personally, I do think it's a harsh second yellow card. I'm intrigued to get your thoughts. That's fine, right? And I can understand that, right? It but it probably is a harsh second yellow, right? Is it just the way that he's gone in whilst being on a booking? Yeah, you're you're on a booking and you run maybe sixty yards and he does he maybe gets the ball first. I don't. I've seen it back four or five times. I can't properly tell, but. He simultaneously gets the man and his studs are showing. Do you know what, though? He's hauled Cochrane and Humphreys on at this stage, though. If he knows that Snodgrass is on a booking, would you not be... Like, neither Devlin nor Why is he... Yeah. Yeah. What's he doing still in that position to be able to make that challenge? But, for me, that's... That is a massive positive... Because it means, is suspended for the it means he physically cannot <laughs> play in this derby and I I hope that's the last time we ever see him because wow. regardless of if it is a yellow or not he it's pathetic from him a wow. guy a guy who is like I set the standards and all that he was like I don't want to deal with this I'm just going to jump in when you're on a book and you don't make a challenge like that you just don't... I don't care if he gets it right. You cannot go in or with that speed. Or how frustrated you are. Yeah, or exactly. Allegedly frustrated or whatever. And it's like, it sums up him in the last few months where it's like, yep, you're the problem again. Where it's like, you've made it impossible now. That's it. You've made it impossible. We can't, even if we wanted to, we now can't come back because the shape has to change. You see Humphreys looking to the bench and putting his arms up like, where do you want me to go now? Like, Shanklin starts dropping deeper because we don't have that midfield anymore. It's Humphreys basically on his own, run the line. And I was like, I genuinely didn't care that he got sent off in the grand scheme of things because I'm like, because I thought Nielsen was still going to be at the party. So it was like, good, it means he physically can he play him? Because he would have. Yeah. I think if Snowgrass was available for the Derby and Nielsen was still here, he would have played. And now he's not got that luxury, of course. Again, I, I thought he'd get the Derby and I thought if he gets beaten the derby then get his jotters but yeah same it's obviously it's obviously come before that I just want to talk about a couple more yeah chances stroke opportunities Stephen Kingsley a free kick of his has Trevor Carson scrambling but it's just high and wide it's actually a decent effort um, but again like we were I don't want to say somewhat dependent on that but that was one of the positive aspects of last season where it was like yeah a set piece specialist and it just like he's not even scored this season, has he? So no, nah. just looks looks so off it. And speaking of miles off the mark, Alan Forrest flashes one wide. Stephen Humphreys centers for Shankland. It's a lovely little dink. It drops to Alan Forrest. And I mean, he's he's nearly on the penalty spot. Somehow yeah. skews it wide. That that summed up the afternoon for me. You need to at least hit the target from there. Yeah, but ultimately, doesn't. And that's that. That's the end of Hart sitting in third position. That's the end of Robbie Nielsen's tenure. It's not not great, is it? I want to mention Devlin. Because uh, I was there. Years. I stayed until the final whistle. And I think only five or six players went round the pitch clapping everybody. Devlin, as ever, as he always is. If, if you're not able to get your time castle on a regular basis or if you don't go for whatever reason you might not know Devlin is always the last player on the pitch he's always the last player clapping he and we're doing well it's great yeah. for a fact he does love it 
absolutely fair play because he I still thought he was quite good on Saturday yeah. he was by far from the worst player on that part still again it's always it's so simple football fans are such simple people it's going wrong but you can see Devlin still giving it his all and still going for it and you, you naturally like that so oh yeah I was about to say that like it doesn't matter who you support if you've got a player that will give you every last ounce of their being yeah then it's, that, it's is, amazing. that is that is appreciated but fair play to him he was again the last person but instead of just going around <laughs> clapping he was clapping but he was apologising he was putting his hands up to every stand every section doing that it's like you shouldn't be doing that it's not your responsibility to do that there's been players listen I'll admit Devlin hasn't been as good as he was last season right I think most players haven't been as good as they were last season but still I, I will still say it alongside Shankland I thought Devlin was our best player in Europe I thought I, it really be- I don't know whether Cammy needs Benny or Benny needs Cammy or they both need one another yeah they're ve- they're a very good partnership they, they, are. they work best together but he shouldn't be the one taking the blame now no. thankfully nobody booed him everybody applauded him and everybody clapped him that's and stuff what like I was going to say what, what did you make of firstly the manager's reaction post-match and sort of the reception that he then received fair play to him for coming onto the pitch and then clapping that's what you do you just do even if he's fury and he that was the case of Kelly be, as well yeah. you could just tell that he doesn't want to but he has to but it's I've got a lot of respect for him for doing that because it's very easy to just nip down the tunnel 100% just go, yeah, 100%. go at that fair play to him it, ju- it really saddens me that that's his final moment yeah. considering how much positivity he's given for us and that's the final thing and I listen I understand the anger I'm someone who doesn't boo ever I just don't boo because I'm like I don't think you should boo your own team I'm not going to say to anybody that they shouldn't you pay your money do what you want yeah, I'm not going to do that yeah. I didn't I will say I didn't applaud anybody I just stood just stood the arms crossed just stood the yeah, arms yeah, crossed fucking raging um, but I just feel bad for him that that's the last image for someone who's done so much positive things for us it is sad but ultimately we we enter a new temporary for the time being era the first match of that is just the small matter of an Edinburgh derby Easter Road (sighs) Jesus it's going to be the worst Edinburgh derby of all time and that is quite the feat I've stuck a tenner on nil nil have you? What yeah. price did you get that? Twenty forty one. Bloody hell, really? No, no, twelve to one. Twelve say, to one. Jesus, twelve to fours. I'll just get the wheelbarrow. <laughs> no, twelve to one. Sorry. Yeah. Twelve to one. Yeah. I don't know what it is now. I did it yesterday before Nielsen got sacked. I'm going to check what it is now. I bet it's coming now. Let's see what it is as, well, as we're on let's, the podcast. Let's get it live because I'm going to get up some fans' thoughts with regards to the manager. We obviously put out a tweet asking. It's still twelve to one. Twelve to one. I might have to might have to leap on that. I should have put my free bet on that. Yeah, see, that's what you do. My sky free bet should have done that. Um, anywho, like I alluded to, we we put a tweet out and mm-hmm. we got you know a, a heck of a lot of folks' thoughts. So first of all, thank you to everybody that has replied. Yeah. Um, and we basically said, if you want to contribute to the show, tell us, firstly, your thoughts about Robbie leaving, 
and secondly who your ideal successor was so I'll read out just a couple that, that we've got um, first of which comes from Sam he says unfortunate that it ended the way that it did but it really couldn't have gone on any longer someone without a legacy at the club to tarnish aim high see what Conte's up to then work the list out <laughs> from there I, I love the optimism Sam I do I, I like that um, unfortunately I think we're going to have to get Antonio Conte plastered before he even can point out Edinburgh <laughs> on a map hey uh, but, Pochettino's kids one of them's a Hearts fan and the other sports hibs that could be quite the divide in the Pochettino exactly. household get him in I did think about that I thought will I, will I dig up that article and try and start something but yeah, I don't know I don't know he'll, he'll probably go back to Spurs won't he Poch um, yeah. Stuart Morrison got in touch he said a Hearts legend and doesn't deserve the abuse he's getting he's done unbelievable things for the club and deserves a great send off Chris Wilder for me a soft spot for Hearts and was in the running for the Aberdeen job not long ago at Watford until the end of the season you're shaking your head I'd like Wilder I've got to be honest but I, I'm not a... a fan of Chris Wilder at no? all I think no. that man is a national treasure but yeah, the guy who's currently doing great with Watford and did really well with Middlesbrough as well, didn't he? Watford did great there. Best, though. Yeah, but basically led Sheffield United in Europe, didn't he? Yeah, and then complete, the arse completely collapsed, yeah, didn't he? Name, name me a Premier League club that doesn't suffer second season syndrome, to be fair. Brentford. Brighton. Alright, Brentford 1, 2. Fulham. Fulham, Fulham won't give because they're just up. Still, they're still get, But my point is more the last two stints. He was disastrous yeah. Yeah, at Middlesbrough, fair. and he's currently failing at Watford as well. He didn't sign Uche, did he? Aye. No, it was Warnock, wasn't it? it was Neil yeah. Warnock. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. So I trusted judgment to to some degree. Uh, although he's actually got Ryan Porteous play. Yeah. Well, he's got Ryan Porteous looking like a competent centre half. Get that man in the door right now. Hasn't he won one in five? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I don't keep. I don't keep up to track. <laughs> You're uh, like, yes, Chris Wilder train. Uh, Any starts to him? I reckon. No, no, I was just because I've got a romantic. Like, I don't know. I just thought his Sheffield United time was so well. Like he did so well, and it just then the wheels came off. I don't know. Look, name me a top manager that hasn't been sacked. No, my point is just I, I've never bought into the Wilder right. thing All ever. Right. Well. Here's, here's some interesting shouts from Matthew Harold. He says he had to go. There were no signs of improvement from the team. Every player has seemed to regress. Kevin Muscat would be my pick. Either that or someone like Billy Reid, who Joe Savage knows and can work with. When I hear the name Kevin Muscat, I instantly think of the Neil Warnock clip calling him a shithouse. That yeah, is yeah. what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Muscat for me is one of the two names I'd like. I think he's as almost as possible as Conte and Poch I don't see why <laughs> Muscat would leave a very good job Where that he's is currently he? he's doing in the he's, he's, no he's in the J League at oh that's right Yokohama Marinos like, yeah Yokohama Marinos yeah, yeah. He's, doing, club, that's right. he's doing fantastic fantastic work there I don't see why he'd come to us as a result but I would lo- it would be a great appointment that's, we've tempted a couple of folk from Australasia and that side Aye, of the world but players not current <laughs> successful <laughs> managers yes fair point um, Northamptonshire Hearts have said there are a number of strong candidates who could take the club forward and build a stronger winning culture I'd like us to go outside of the Scottish football bubble I think we yep. both would as well Kevin yep. Muscat or Graham Arnold would be a real statement of intent by the club can't see Graham Arnold Graham that. Arnold is not coming again an appointment that I'd be happy with if we made it but I don't see 
why on earth he would leave the Australia job for us. Stefan Adam's right boot, obviously an inanimate object, has got in touch. uh, Said, desperately sad it came to this, but the slump was getting alarming. We can't afford to miss out on more Euro money. Naismith McAvoy until the summer. Well, you got your wish there. Then start battering down Chris Wilder's door. McIver still not having it. Uh, Graham said, don't like anyone losing their job, but six defeats in six and poor performance means it was the right choice. No idea who I want, but it needs to be someone not scared to have a go and be attacking, and someone who will get the best out of the squad. Can I just say I uh, I ended up joining Graham's Hearts chat. It is absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. There's about a million folk in it, um, and it's it's quite nice. It's good good bit of a uh, good bit of power, good bit of discussion. So get on to him. It's uh, it's decent. Uh, Rowdy Heart Tiger, no alternative. Next, someone who has a League One or League Two side overperforming would be logical, but they'd have no European experience. Maybe an international manager from the Championship. Find that blend of style, continental exposure, and ambition. Easier said than done, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think every club wants that. Give me the perfect manager, but I know what you say. I know what yeah, he's yeah. saying. Uh, Northamptonshire Heart, sorry, I, I, I see your second tweet. I, I missed out the first but you said Robbie's a club legend and has done a great job to stabilise us however the cracks have appeared for a while both tactically and player motivation he's taken us as far as he can but there's no doubt it's been a sad ending both 100% in agreement with you there yeah. Aldo says sad that it happened but just had to Robbie had lost the dressing room clearly I think Kelly speaks more volumes about that than the St Mirren match in my personal opinion and again he's another that would like to see Chris Wilder uh, Scott Scott Lister, I'll never be able to thank Robbie enough for what he's done for, to our club in the last decade, but it had to happen now. Players weren't playing for him. Apparent arguments behind the scenes with players, i.e. Cochrane, Gino. There was no coming back from this. We've alluded to all of that. Saturday, just the icing on the cake. A simple ball over the top and a long throw in. Passing along the back constantly and no plan B as always. I think Nace with short term. Again, got your wish. And hopefully in the summer we step out of the usual Scottish merry-go-round and show a bit of ambition. I think there's a lot of people that are angling that we go overseas here, McIver. Yep. And I don't know if there's that narrative in Scottish football where it's obviously stemmed from Bertie Votes being a failure of the national team no. and everybody leaps on any foreign failure, obviously Stendhal, our last Kishina. one. Kishina, great example. Uh, but Darren Brown, I think he's. Uh, I think you and him are in, in agreement. Darren Brown, not maybe for this bit, because he says, glad he's gone, brought too much division to the sport and club, clearly had lost players with his bizarre tactics. However, this is a man that you have obviously been bombarding all over Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Marty Cifuentes is a name that excites me. Would rather none of the jobbers from Scottish football the bookies are yeah. saying. Marty Cifuentes. Imagine your gaffer being called Cifuentes. Like I always think of managers when they when they're la- labelled like with their surname. It's almost like politicians as well. Cifuentes Cifuentes got it wrong Cifuentes' <laughs> tactics were spot on I, I'm already salivating at the thought of saying Cifuentes on a weekly basis So before I explain who this guy is to, to people who might not know we're not getting him He's another one who We'll just chuck him in the window <laughs> yeah. but there's absolutely no chance that Hearts are going to appoint him oh, no. right, okay, thanks. He's another one who's going to go on to bigger and better things He's currently operating at a level that is basically very similar to us, so I don't know why he'd, for him it would be a sidestep. I'd love it, but he's the current Hammerby manager in, uh, in Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, he took Malmo to penalties and only lost 5-4. I see you, Malmo. Yeah. That's my guys. Lost 5-4 in the Swedish Cup final on penalties and took Hammerby to their only, only their second third-place finish in the last decade 
Uh, they are they're on average finish eighth or ninth. Have they qualified for the conference next they, season? I think they have qualified yeah. for the conference league, and obviously that'd be a great trip. Is, is Ham- Hammerby a city or is that Stockholm? I can't remember. I genuinely can't remember. I'm going to search that. Carry on. Obviously, the Swedish season's different, so it's only just started this new season. So they're only two games in. He's played. He's had 44 games as Hammerby manager and only lost eight. And there's an amazing, I'll put it in the description of this, there's an amazing um, tactical analysis of him. And he's, he's very interesting. He's very attacking. His preferred formation is a 4-3-3. Adam's buzzing about summon. I, I'm just looking, obviously. It would, it, they are from Stockholm. So right. that'd be a great trip. But also, Zlatan Ibrahimovic owns 23.5% yes. of Hammer Bay. Yeah, the, he is their part owner. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why. Interesting. But, He's just the Swedish Gary Neville or whoever. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Schofentes' style is a 4-3-3 attacking. It, again, for kind of stat nerds like me, there's a, lots of breakdowns of the way he plays and it's very based on getting the ball in a, and the team plays in a mid-block so the connection between defence and attack is so close to each other. So you can very quickly get the ball, move it quickly and get it out wide which would benefit players like Ginelli if he's still here next season. It relies on pace, width, getting the ball and like really quick passes and oh, moving it forward. Just, I could just see you, just a marauding Alex Cochran. Just, <laughs> see, I can see the drill just, it's beginning to just drop from your chin. Think of that, man. But as I say, he's not coming because he's too good. But those are my two picks. Sifuentes Kevin Muscat or Sifuentes, yes. But... My overall point, because again, thank you to everybody who like contributed managers' names as well. Like it wasn't just like I was oh, going to say, I've got a couple more, but you carry on. The main consensus, I fully agree with. I don't want Stephen Robinson. I don't want David Martindale. I don't no. want Derek McInnes. I don't want just generic, but Paul Lambert's names being thrown in and all this Jesus. shit, right? What was the point in sacking Nielsen if we're going to replace him with worse managers than him? Yeah. Because Robinson's not as good a manager. Martindale's not as good a manager. Lambert, the last time Lambert had I, a win percentage over 40% was in 2009. Was that with Norwich? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he, he did back-to-back promotions, didn't he? And then yeah. I think since Villa, it's all been downhill for, yeah, for Paul it's Lambert. Been His last three um, jobs averaged a, a 19% win rate. Jesus. Eh... Uh, what was I going to say? Robinson's never had the resources, really. But true, I, yeah. But, but but again, I think he's, he's a similar sort of level underdog. To, yeah, like people are saying, the big thing about Robbie was he's taken us as far as he can go. What that means is, people in their minds either mean we now need to split the old farm, which will never happen. It will not happen. Or what there is a much higher chance of happening is win us a trophy. So we need Slash to get a manager. pull away from the rest. Yeah, yeah. But Nielsen did that last season and a lot of people still criticised yeah. him. So yeah. we need a manager then who will win us a trophy. Can anybody tell me with a straight face that Stephen Robinson will definitely win us a trophy? It was unlucky at Motherwell coming up against Rodgers of course, Celtic. But, but I, know, I know what you mean. Know he's still got to come up against Andrew Celtic yeah. <laughs> against us. Yeah, that's like, true. That's true, and I mean, knocked out the the league cup with St Mirren this season, and they lost to a good couple of part time sides and whatever. It's probably a blessing given the Premiership campaign that they have. But yeah, I I get I get what you're saying. Uh, Adam Markham says, whereas I fully agree that Nielsen had 
taken us as far as he could. I don't see what getting rid of him now will achieve. Should have waited till the end of the season if we were to get rid. I feel like it has to be someone from abroad as the options within Scotland, Robinson, Martindale, McInnes, who you've all alluded to, McIver, is uninspired at best and might as well have kept Nielsen, basically exactly what you just said there. Liam Moffat says, think the writing was on the wall for him. We had two weeks after the Aberdeen debacle and nothing has changed. Sad to see how it ended, but had to happen. Needs to be an ambitious appointment. I'd go for either Muscat or Wilder at the start of next season. John Cleland says, hate the way things have ended, but relieved it didn't reach Levine levels of poison and he goes with the best yeah. wishes of the majority. It's a great point. It was the correct and only choice to make and we need to be looking abroad or down south for a long-term successor. We can't afford to fuck this up. Mm-hmm. James Yeo, correct decision, sadly. Naismith till the end of the season then see where we go well you've got your wish uh, John Bird sad it didn't work out but performances have been dreadful and the fact players in the dressing room had turned on him it was inevitable Dean Smith for me would be a proper show of intent from the club that was obviously prior to the talk that he's going to take over uh, and su- well succeed Rogers temporarily at Leicester yeah. um, Jamie Jambo Daft Jim says can't think of many coaches I'd rather have for Derby than Nielsen but toxic in stadium and clearly there's dissent between coach slash team Kevin Muscat I like the look of Oz Connection successful in Japan was branded most hated man in football though so maybe not one to unite the dressing <laughs> room um, and lastly well penultimate Ian Galston says same as most sad that Nielsen had to go but things had become untenable still surprised the board acted so quickly shame they didn't do the same with Levine I'm in agreement with you there getting so annoyed with media muppets who only know the ugly sisters commenting on how mad it is uh, Hi, Chris Sutton. Hope you're well. Um, and Richard Cobb says, good but sad, Ben Woodburn, player-manager. Let's move on. Oh, and, and I think he asked where the podcast the, the Zoom goes. link. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's nice. Thanks, Dickie, for that. Yeah. Right. Oh, and I should say, before we get on to the quiz, I was sent a brilliant uh, direct message on Twitter by LW Scouting, so I really do appreciate it, mate. I'm sorry that... I was just about to ignore that and go on to something else, but you alluded to a manager from Sweden, McIver. Mm-hmm. LW Scouting says, I'd like to see the club be bold and try to tempt Thomas Lagerlof from Dure Gardens in Sweden. Finished second last season, Nally missing out on the title to Hacken, but finished above both AIK and Malmo. Has got them consistently to the top of Swedish football after years of lower finishes on a very similar looking budget to ours qualified for the Conference League this year the hard way through three qualifying rounds and then went on to top the group with five wins and one draw in their six matches with Molda, Genk and Shamrock Rovers. Favours an attacking 4-3-3. Side always appears to have the box flooded with bodies, goals from cutbacks to centre mids, something I find we've really struggled with, often one or two in the box, and recently signed a new contract a month ago so may not be interested. However, Swedish League is 22nd in the coefficient versus Scotland in 9th, so he may like the sound of the challenge with European football still on offer. Interesting to hear your boys' thoughts on whether you, someone like this is the profile you'd like the club to target as opposed to the same old names. Like you said, obviously, Sifuentes or Muscat is uh, your cup of tea. That is exactly who I want us to appoint. That exact type of profile, expertise, experience, exactly. As I didn't even know that he signed a new contract a month ago. Before that, I thought, there's no way he's coming. I definitely no, that, don't think so. That was Lagerlof. Are you still talking about Sifuentes? No, Lagerlof, oh, Lagerlof as well. Sorry. So I, I would love Lagerlof any of those three. Lovers. Yes, even though I don't drink. But you can you can drink mine. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I don't need a second invitation. I would love that. Any one of those three or a similar person to that, that's who I think we should go for. I do not want to just be faced with another Jack Ross 
type character. I know well, he's at Newcastle. I was about to say, he's only talked about that. <laughs> oh, I mean, it just big teams, youth teams, and wee teams management gigs. Exactly. It? That's what it that's, is. That's, that's the rules. That's it. Yeah. Um, before we go, let's get on to no. the edition of the quiz. Oh, go on. We need to speak about Hibs. We can't just ignore the Derby. We don't. We don't. Because. This, game. this is nerve wracking. I saw one Hibs fan go. What's worse than losing to Robbie Nielsen in a derby? Losing to Stephen Naismith in a derby. (laughs) Um, How many Hearts managers, even caretakers, have had their first game as a derby? Oh, God. There there won't be many. That's a great quiz question. I should have done my research on that. Well, maybe maybe that'll happen next week. But, listen... If there's a person to get you up for a derby and to just kind of get you all based around passion, it's Gary Locke, but just below that is Stephen Naismith, who is currently at our disposal. I wonder if Naismith would let Gary Locke go tonto in that dressing room. I know, maybe I don't I, I secretly hope that he does. Yeah, Locke just chucking a chair through a wall, being like... Do not let them do this. Go full fair game to start launching boots at them. Listen, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a terrible game. All I'll say is, that McCurdy still hasn't scored. Kevin Nisbet's not scoring in Edinburgh Derby either. Yep. And that, I never know how to say his name. I always say Kukarevicic, but I don't think that is right. I I think I've added an extra K. He's good. He's good, and that he worries me. That's that's what I always thought was a positive in January. He didn't play in either of those games. What have we just been speaking about? Our defence can't deal with big, tall, physical strikers. Oh, he could have a field day up against Kyros. Even just to win knockdowns for Nisbet or McCurdy. I think Johnson Campbell maybe from a yeah. role yeah Yuan even in behind exactly Johnson I think would be oh, an yeah, idiot yeah. if he doesn't front load it just go listen they're All managerless just we're at home I think he come will. on I think he yeah. will to, in an attempt to save his job yet again what's your score prediction then? I was just about to ask you <laughs> I'm getting in there first I want to hear I yours honestly, I honestly don't know I do know them I want to try and I want to try and be positive. I want to say that we'll win, but I genuinely believe that. I've been guessing draws and wins recently, and it's been shite. So I'm going back to always saying we're going to get beat and try and nice. fix it. I mean, I predicted a draw at the weekend, and no, did I say that we win? No, we both said two one. Yeah, we did. By the way, my dad said we'd get beat two one and get a guy sent off. He was a goal off. <laughs> my pal Ewan that I go to the games with he had heart slitting down for 450 last weekend oh my god <laughs> he was adamant we'd win it's a shame sorry mate um, oh, nil nil well that's what, what I'm one, one nil us maybe I'd, I'd certainly take it I'd bite your hand off for it oh I think if we, f- if we won, I'd care. we could have five I don't even care if it's a screamer or if it's the scrappiest no. goal imagined. I, there's something that actually, there's a part of me that wants it to be the scrappiest, yeah. shittiest, most VR controversial goal. Off. Yeah, yeah, they've lost the signal, they're trying to bash <laughs> the screen. No joy. As Alex Cochran's hand a god he did it in. 
<laughs> it's deflected off the chip box that's come cocking yeah. his way for the second time at Easter Road this season. Exactly. Dreading it. Yeah. Not going, thankfully, but I'll be, yeah, keeping, I'll be keeping my tabs on it and yeah. begging that we can try and get a result. Oh, God. So what, you, you've said 2-0 Hibs and I've said 0-0, so neither of us think that we'll score. Nah. Or do we really believe that? No, I don't <laughs> think we will. I, don't, I genuinely don't think we will. I think we're going to be bad. There's always a chance. There's always yeah. a chance. It could be 10 in a row. Oh, yeah, it's going too well. We're definitely getting beat. Right, yeah. quiz. Try and this on a positive spin. Yeah, oh, well, it's not happening. The way this week's gone, I'm going to get a 0 for 5 for the first time no, ever. I've got a couple multiple choices in there. I've oh, got wow. one standard question, a true or false, and of course, ending with the, the coveted Who Am I? Is it Robbie Nielsen? No. Your first question, <laughs> McCarver, <laughs> is St Mirren claimed their first victory at Tynecastle in nearly a decade on Saturday, their last win in Gorrie coming back in October 2013 and again by a 2-0 scoreline. John McGinn opened the scoring, but who bagged the second for the buddies that day? I'm was really it? annoyed. I'm really annoyed. I thought the question was going to be, when did St Mirren last win at Tynecastle? Because I was like, it's 2013! <laughs> was it A, Connor Newton? Was it B, Kenny McLean? Was it C, Paul McGowan? Or was it D, Stephen Thompson? Well, the answer I thought it was isn't one of the options. Nice. <laughs> I was going to say Goncalves. Um... <laughs> Just because I can't stand him, I'm going to assume it's him, Stephen Thompson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Paul McGowan. No. Because Paul McGowan is the correct answer. Ah, <laughs> bastard. Um, I forgot Paul McGowan even played for them. Oh, mate, that tragic. I, I mean, he probably had hair back then. Yeah, decent, true. De- somewhat decent barnet, maybe. Yeah. Second question. St Mirren are one of how many Scottish Premiership sides that Lauren Shankland hasn't scored against this season? Oh Christ! Right, he's not scored against Livy. He's not. He's scored against Celtic. I don't think he scored against Rangers. Or am I missing something really obvious? Right, so that's in my head. I don't think he's scored against Rangers. So Livy, Rangers, scored against Hibs, scored against Celtic. Has he scored against Aberdeen? Did he score in the five now? We'll, back, we'll bench Aberdeen for a second to try and work it out. <laughs> I can't remember if he scored against Ross County. He scored against Motherwell. He scored against Dundee United. He scored against... I'm going to guess three. Is the correct answer very good. Who are they? I don't know who they are. Livingston and Rangers and St Mirren. Very good. Also, oh, it's just not them. Just wow, okay. Wow. Everybody so else... Very impressive. Oh, he did score against Aberdeen because he did the thing celebration, yeah. And Ross County, I think, did he score the equaliser? And Halliday scored oh, the he did! Or vice versa. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. There you go, so good. Well done, mate. Nearly fell into the trap there, but that was Not getting a zero. Yeah, Come exactly. on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of the worst. I love that. <laughs> I had to include a Michael Smith question, given yeah. that he's, he is just the absolute goat. Michael Smith made his 200th Hearts appearance on Saturday, but how many clean sheets have the Jambos kept in that 200? Is it A, 50? Is it B, 55? Is it C, 60? Or is it D, 65? I thought you'd got to ask how many goals he scored, because the answer's six. Nice. <laughs> you, you probably leapt on him for a first goal and at least... 
four or five of them. No, all of them. I've literally every <laughs> single game he scored first. I've I've had them. Um, what was it? 50, 55, 60, 65? Yeah. I'm going 55. The correct answer is 65. Fair play! I, Fair I think play. of the shite that he's been in and amongst. That's that's impressive. We do not deserve that. I saw a formation the day where he was the middle centre half in a back three. We better in it. What's going on? Brandon was the left centre half. <laughs> what is that? Honestly, I'm going to miss that bloke. Same. I wish you could have seen him in his prime. Exactly. Oh. Right. True or false? Oh, God. Former Hearts loanee, Tony Watt, has only scored once against the Jambos in his professional career. I can't think of him ever scoring against us. Interesting. I'm going to say false because I don't think he ever has. Well played, MacIver. Well played. Correct. Yes. Come on. I remember thinking that when he got brought off, I was like, "Has he ever scored against us?" Well, I did my research earlier. As far as I can see, he's not. I don't don't have any memories of him. Yeah, I don't recall it either. No doubt, London Hearts or Hearts stats or somebody like. Do you remember this? No, He's actually scored eight goals against us, <laughs> including in five consecutive appearances. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, finally, the who am I? So you've done yeah. all right. Two, two or four. Or four. That's it. all right. And, and considering it. that the others, well, your your first question was hard. Yeah, and it's been and a long episode. It's been emotional. That's it. And and obviously, like, you don't want to come across as though you're looking. Michael Smith's arse too much yeah. we, we both love Michael Smith I knew and the answer I just didn't know what to give it a ridiculous feat I know yeah, I, 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 I had them. to get that in there right you're who am I <coughs> I was the first player that was born after the Premier League was formed to start a Premier League match playing for Portsmouth against Aston Villa my senior career saw me play in England obviously Germany and Denmark before moving to Scotland and being sold to a Polish team before currently playing in Germany. My heart's career lasted all of four months, where I made 16 appearances, 15 starts, but I contributed no goals, assists, and wasn't even carded. Who am I? What? <laughs> See, when you said the very first clue, yeah. I went, Glenn Johnson's never played for us. <laughs> I don't know why Glenn Johnson came out of my head. Was Glenn Johnson ever at Portsmouth? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Was he at Villa? Uh, I don't know. No, he was I know he was at Stoke and Liverpool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but Glenn Johnson did not feature that. Right, I need to know when this guy played because it's a four-month okay. window. So yes. between what... Se- well, what season did he play? Because surely that he only played for one season if he was only here for four months. The 2016-17 season. That is a terrible time for you to have said. <laughs> that is the worst possible answer for you to have given. Because the only you, person that's right, in my still, head... still got another question. Uh-huh, the, on. the only person that's in my head doesn't work because I, I just have Bjorn Jonsson in my head. Right, okay. But he scored. I remember him scoring goals. I, I, I would like to think... I literally think he marked his debut with an assist for Sam. Yeah, and I think he was... He was definitely here for like a season. Yeah. 
Oh, did he join in the January? Uh, yeah, Robbie signed him, and then Cathro was the one to let him go, no? Yes, yeah. aye. So aye. he was here for... Yeah. Right, so it's no Bjorn Jonsson. Right. I've got another question. So sixteen seventeen. So yes. if he was here in... So he must have signed in the January. If he's only here for, like, that short amount of time. I don't know a single player we signed in that January window. <laughs> God knows how this geezer popped into my head, can I just say? No, I, again, I was going to go, is it Robbie Muirhead? But he had that Rangers game, obviously. The GOAT. Yeah. <laughs> Who now just scores Rakers, apparently. That's his only <laughs> MO at Morton. I tell you what, he's, he's actually turned somewhat prolific for Morton. I know, it's mental. There's no point in me asking clubs. Because you've given me a couple of clubs and it hasn't rung any I've bells. Given you countries as well, and what, yeah, what use is that really? Nothing has happened there. A, another one is someone that I've already used because I've used Augustine before. Yeah, I can tell you, it's not Bazzi Augustine. And he, I think, signed in the summer as well. I don't remember him playing for Pompey either. No. Oh yeah, that's I true. Say, I certainly don't remember this man playing for Pompey because I quite like Portsmouth. I got my soft spot. Try and think. I'm either going to ask what position was he, but I feel, okay. because I feel like the fact that you've you've mentioned goals and assists, it's like, is that important though, or are, ah. are you doing that to throw yeah. me? Because it's like that. <laughs> but I don't know what an alternative question to ask, because there's no point in asking clubs. There's no point in asking nationality, or is there? Unless there's a nation that's met. Did you say the nation and the that he is? Did no, you say do, his do, nation? No. Do you want me to read them again? Yeah, I was the first player that was born after the Premier League was formed to start a Premier League match playing for Portsmouth against Aston Villa my senior career saw me play in England obviously Germany and Denmark before moving to Scotland and being sold to a Polish team before currently playing in Germany my heart's career lasted all of four months where I made 16 appearances 15 starts but I contributed no goals assists and wasn't even carded so he would have been about 22-23 when he was at us roughly if he was born after the pre- I think he was in the English Premier League the English Premier League yeah so he's born a- fine about Pompey and oh yeah of course so that's like 92, 93 so if he's born after that he must be in his late like very early 20s kind of at the latest the other name was Christian Novak but he scored in the Rangers 4-0 I'm going to ask his nationality. Okay. If you say Scottish, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) He's not Scottish. Okay. He's German, having played for the under-16s, under-18s, and under-19s. Who's a German that was... German is not who I expected you to say. Oh! Oh. The cogs looked as though they were turning. I have one answer. A I can't, I can't remember if he is German or not. Right, but okay. I think he is. And he wouldn't have scored and he wouldn't have got assists because he wouldn't be in a position to. Okay. I've got I'm not gonna like drag it out. Is it Leonard Soa? Oh, very good. Very good. Is it? Yes. 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 Get in. Very I think good. I, I was like I really could remember him being German. 
I have no idea why he popped in my head. I think he was a the... Pompey. Yeah, I think it's because the gaffer was a fullback. That's <laughs> just not the yeah. right fullback. He's one of the worst signings Nielsen oh. ever made. Like, no, I think he was a Cathro, was he not? Oh, he was. Cathro had come in. Yeah, he probably was. left in November. Yeah, he was. Of right? course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rotten. So on on the 18th of April 2010, playing against Aston Villa, Soa became the first player born after the Premier League was formed to start a Premier League match. He was born eight days after the first Premier League matches were born. There you go. So 92, Mm -hmm. and he joined Hearts uh, at 25 in 2017. So you weren't far off. So I was was not that far off. So that's now 14 6 to me. I'm fucking. You and you got that, can I just say? I'm the nationality, buzzing. as soon as you said that you've got someone in mind, I was like, oh, here we go. I get, I'm like, how many Germans have we had, period, for I, us? I, like, I've got to be honest, I was hoping that you would ask something else. I don't know. I hope that... You love the club's questions, so I, I, thought, I thought, maybe we might, but again, it's of no use. Yeah. I'm just too good at this, mate. It's really, really infuriating. <laughs> well... I wonder if anybody else got it. Because I feel like that's either one that people will get quicker than me or they won't get at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't blame a lot of folk if they tried to forget that he even played for us. Yeah, that's fair. Is he if He was at Hamilton as well, eh? Hamilton, that's right. Because I yeah. even worded it where it was like before moving to Scotland. Whereas I yeah. thought, might you forget? Like, you try to be yeah. cheeky and it backfires. It. it always backfires, I know. Yeah. I just need to be... Need to be harder. Need to be solid. Need yep. these to be nigh on impossible. You need. Yeah, I can't even remember who I did last week. That's how hard it needs to be for you, David. Someday. Oh, Kucharski. Yeah, Kuchar- That's what you need. You need yeah, that. I need, level. I need some job that. I don't In fairness, you picked a guy who played for four months. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's true. That's true. But then the years, I know. Yeah, I, the I, years I, kill yeah. it. Yeah. Ask good question. It's one of those where it's you like do. if I'd asked different questions, I, I wouldn't have got it. Yeah. I know. Well, let us know if you got it, and let us know your thoughts on this longer episode. Your thoughts on everything we've discussed. We hope you have enjoyed it. We hope it's been therapy for some of you. Some of you, I imagine, because of the topic, will think we're both totally right, and some of you will think we're totally wrong. We'd love to hear from all you, and you can get in contact with us at Perth Paisley on all forms of social media. If you have enjoyed it, please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. And if you've been watching this, please leave a like, comment and subscribe on YouTube. We're also Paisley at gmail.com if you want to fire us over opinion with any managerial offers that you think should be coming in. Adam, where can they get you on social media? Uh, they can get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall on What About Yourself, mate. I'm at DMcIver22. We'll be back next week to review Stephen Naismith's first game in charge in the Edinburgh Derby any potential updates or managerial decisions and anything else that happens. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Come on, us! <laughs>